the pre-show with uh, me and well, Hannah, Albert, Larry behind the scenes, Manny behind the scenes. Um, Just letting you know the audio is coming out great. We could hear ourselves. Really? Yeah. It's in our... talk to um, Senyat. We're actually going to go ahead and FaceTime him soon. Uh, Senyat as in Miguel, right? Michael Bovacua. He's um, out in Okinawa. And then afterwards, we have a very, very special guest. We have Dr. Kelly Marsh Titano. She has recently gone, um, gotten elected to the 35th Guam Ladies Lature. Ladies right? So like we're that. very, very excited to have her. But for now, we're going to go ahead and Tune in with the Senyat, Bavakwa over in, I believe he's in Okinawa at the point at this point, so. I think he's ready, right? Senyat, uh, can you hear us? Are you ready to be called? Yeah, I think he's going to have to send the uh, request. Request? Okay. Okay. Audio must not like Pogwa. Again. Again. Let's, let's eventually telephone mommy. Yeah. So we have him on our earphones, and I believe he'll have us on his earphones so you guys don't get any feedback or any lagging. Cue Jeopardy theme song. <laughs> da, na, na, na. And while we're at it, I uh, just want to say uh, once again, I know this is our pre-show, however, this is a Fanatsu. Just going to this here, my markers, to keep the Fanatsu centered is what I really wanted to go for. Uh, we have the Hatsa, Hugo, and Tulu uh, tiers. Right now, uh, our podcast is uh, on the Hatsa tier. It's uh, $1 to $10 a month. The Hugo is our uh, $10 to $15, and it's Radical History. And then we also have our last tier, the Tulu, is a fifteen to twenty dollars a month, and um, that's our radical readings. Um, so again, like Manny mentioned, maybe last week or two weeks ago, he did say that uh, you know um, you could definitely add all your infusion or your Java Junction or yeah. Porto Mocha expenses, and you could totally just uh, use that to enlighten and. Um, really brought in your understanding of important social issues uh, that we we broadcast here or even uh, just the current events that we discuss. Yeah. And um, enhance it with the Hugua and the Tulu and uh, you know, it'll become a little bit more rounded on uh, on issues that we uh, discuss here yeah. on our Fanatu podcast. Yeah, and so if you're a student, um, I found it very helpful when um, I was listening through the Radical Histories and the Radical Readings. Mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to edit my paper um, and it was on 
colonial mentalities in Chimorros, and it's very, very helpful when you listen to radical readings and radical histories to kind of give you a fresh perspective mm -hmm. on things. So again, like it's a invaluable resource as a student too, if, if that's something you guys are interested in. Definitely, I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, um, with the money that you guys uh, donate to us, mm -hmm. we do use it for um, like better um, audio editing, video editing. So recently with the money, the funds that we did get from Patreon, uh, we got a subscription to Audition and it's been really great. So if you've been listening to our podcast, we hope that the quality is a little bit better because we have been using a little bit of a better uh, software. And so we're hoping to also get better mics. Maybe in the future we could get like green screens and stuff like that. And we could do some really awesome stuff with that with the uh, post editing. So um, it'll all come back to you guys, definitely. So, so you, you ready? Yeah, the issue with Miguel is, uh, oh yeah. Oh, Dr. Kelly. Thank you very much for joining us. Miguel, you have to be watching um, from your phone in order to uh, live stream. Hafri, Dr. Kelly. Hi. You... We'll go ahead and intro Dr. Kelly oh, yeah. as well. And we could do... Thank you for having me. Yes, that's great. I think we're gonna go ahead and um, start. Oh, are we doing the get first? Because uh, um, Dr. Bivakwa is in Okinawa right now. So um, oh, okay. we were trying to do like a the cool a thing set. about technology. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes. So it would have been yes. cool. We would have had like a split screen here, and we would have been able to see him. Yes, and is Sabina coming? I know she's been a little harder to get a hold of right now. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't think she's confirmed with us. Yeah. Okay. So, but let me just make sure my oh, phone yeah, is course. on silent. <laughs> it would, I mean, undoubtedly at the most inopportune time. Right? <laughs> That's just the way that things are. Okay. You know, I had what I think is the, like, what has been the most touching story for me thus far is I was uh, leaving an establishment yesterday, mm -hmm. and one of my former students was going on her way in, and she said, oh, Dr. Marsh, you know, when I saw that you were running, I went and registered just so I could vote for you. Wow, wow. that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's so, nice. you know, it's her and that story I want to keep in mind when things get rough or rocky or um, some of those usual politics try to get in and, and just have that be my focus. Like, I know I went to her and people mm -hmm. like her yeah. to just stay the course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So even when we saw you, I believe it was the day right after the election. At we the trans or the, the intersection at like, ITC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was us. Yeah. yeah, sticking our head out the yeah, window, but, almost yeah. getting into a car accident. But yeah. yeah, we were so glad to see you. And I believe you were like driving, or right when you were at the stop line, you were watching. You were like, I think we kind of want to tear up a little bit because you were just Aww. so happy that you were able to to make it in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really is something when you see the numbers come in and you're like, I forget what the numbers are exactly, but. It's like over 14,000 people did decide to choose me. Yeah. So, and I know a lot of them are those core group supporters, mm -hmm. but as I was going around the island, one of the things that was cool is it's, it's advocates from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. You know, ones I've never met before, ones that have probably mm -hmm. never 
come to a Protehi Latexan meeting or mm-hmm. or protest, but they have stood for other Chamorro rights or other mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. And so they just responded, uh, I believe, to Sabina and me, mm-hmm. as well as maybe some other candidates. Yeah. But um, they, they saw people who really want to stand for mm-hmm. those type of issues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that also was really special going around and just hearing people who are environmentalists or tomorrow rights advocates mm-hmm. or others mm-hmm. uh, each come up with something like that. Yeah, so speaking of advocates, how did you get involved with like Protehila Texan and mm-hmm. even as an educator, what made you have a stand in environmental and I mean, I guess like protecting our environment? How did that begin? Yeah, that's a good. That's definitely a good question. You know, I I did grow up running around in the jungles, okay. um, and so what I, I've been saying is like from the jungles uh, or the backyards of Dededo. So if you live in Dededo in the neighborhoods that I grew up in near Maria Ujoa, mm-hmm. the way that they're set up is there's a block, and then on the inside part, the inner portion of that block, it's it was meant to be a park. And so it's all of this open area. So I grew up running around those areas in Dededo, and then when we moved down to Talafofo, Ipan Talafofo, mm-hmm. then I just ran around in the jungles there. Well, we lived for a time in between in Manilao, and I ran in the round in the jungles <laughs> over there. So part of it is um, just being connected with the community and the environment in those sort of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I want all of our kids to be able to run around mm-hmm. and feel free to to have those kind of experiences that A, the environment is there, yeah. and B, they feel safe enough to do it. Yeah. Um, some of what I talked about before was, you know, I have grandchildren here, and even just nowadays, the thing, the simple thing of them being at the bus stop we can really worry about that. Like yeah. What's gonna happen at that bus stop? They're mm-hmm. there, you know, at, at these periods of time by themselves. So um, it was those kind of experiences, but one of the things I taught critical thinking at the university, which by the way, I'm so glad it's a required course, yes. especially after having t- uh, taught it and knowing what the curriculum is. Mm-hmm. I mean, no curriculum is perfect, no textbook uh-huh. is perfect. And uh-huh. I would tell them that it's like, uh-huh. challenge even the textbook because yeah. I did. Yes. <laughs> there were places in the textbook where I was like, I don't know that I agree mm-hmm. <laughs> with that author and their assessment. Mm-hmm. But um, having courses like that, one of the things that they say is critical thinking, like real critical thinking, is not only challenging things by thinking them through, but it also means action. Mm-hmm. And so that's the type of person I've always been, yeah. is that um, I, I just feel things deeply and to the point where I just want to get out there mm-hmm. and, and be part of the change. Yeah. Definitely. So some of what I tell my students is, you know, the best kind of American to be or the best kind of citizen to be is the one who makes our um, our societies live up to its ideals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just accepting it or sitting back quietly, that doesn't make us live up to our ideals. And in fact, it maybe gives the, mm-hmm. the side that's challenging those ideals more weight. Yeah. 
So I feel it's really important. And I've even talked to the students about it because they have asked me questions. And I'm like, you know, maybe the first time or two you're out there on the side of the road. Okay, maybe. And you guys have, I'm sure, have been through this, right? (laughs) That the first time or two, maybe uh, it takes a little getting used to. But after you do it, Mm -hmm. you're comfortable with it. You feel like you're part of standing up for what's right. And uh, there's an empowering feeling with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So um, I think everybody should should strive to have those kind of empowered feelings and feeling mm-hmm. like they're standing on the side of right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that's something that we recently felt, right? Like yeah. uh, just last weekend, we had the, um, the protest, the peaceful protest, mm-hmm. and you were there yeah. as well, right? How did you yes. feel about that protest and the outcome? Well, I think it was important. I think it's always important when things like that come up to go ahead and take a public Mm -hmm. stance because it's too easy. There's so much going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I would say social media plays a part in this. We're just so inundated with everything all the time. Uh, Communication coming at us about five or seven different ways at least. Uh, Right now I'm finding it's very hard to keep up with it all (laughs) as I'm getting messages left and right. But stories from around the world, stories from around the nation, Mm -hmm. and so forth, and all of that can mean that the things that we care about get lost in all Mm -hmm. of that wave or many waves of information. And so I think things like going out there and just making it clear Mm -hmm. to the community that, you know, our group may not have all the the answers, Mm -hmm. but they are standing up to make sure that the best that we know how to do as a community mm-hmm. gets done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that our perspectives uh, have a real voice. Yeah. That's definitely. so important. Yeah. And how do you guys feel when you're out there? Man, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it definitely is um, a humbling experience, I feel like. Uh, I know we, we, we discussed um, when, when we're with others who maybe you know feel the same way or think alike we we feel a lot more empowered really and it's and it's and it i think seeing a lot of different uh community partners coming together to to be there and you know seeing um you know yourself sabina clint you know uh, lisa casillo right so uh quite a few of the uh, the people who just ran as well um showing up and and really even even in adversity, right? Uh, uh, with um, the drive-bys, we had a there's a couple comments that yeah, were being thrown yeah. out, and you know, of course, we're we're kind of like, wow, that's that's interesting perspective, right? And so I think at yeah. some point it's about perspective, right? And um, actually wanted to kind of um, might have to rewind a little just to discuss a little bit about uh, you know, I want to touch definitely touch point on you. You're an instructor of Guam history and mm-hmm. an instructor of a. Um, uh, the Fatina Zilati, right? Yes, I was trying to okay. Lati Quarring, right? So, yeah. um, how does how do you feel like that? It like has that it had had any influence on uh, your 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 platform or even you know running for senator? Like has you know understanding Guam's history and how complex and and uh, it is, um, and then kind of like yeah. portraying that to the students and having them have the critical engagement with that. How how did that? Is there any response in that that? made you want to run like made you even even more uh, able to run for center i don't know the correct yeah yeah i think they're all intertwined you know when you're dealing with these topics 
every semester and you're trying to figure out the way to pass it on to the students in a way that they will absorb and really think about, mm -hmm. um, it keeps it present in your mind mm -hmm. because you're going through those topics. It's also a, specifically a learning experience yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I truly believe that there's never a day without learning and you're never finished with that journey. Mm -hmm. You know, where I was 10 years ago isn't quite where I am today and where I, I will be in 10 years won't be quite the same as here either. Yeah. But I think it's a really beautiful journey. And so with the educational experience, like even if I'm just planting a seed, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's an important part of the process. That seed mm -hmm. has been planted. I mean, you guys have gone through that again as well. Yeah. You know, um, things that you, you were taught or thought about and then they've uh, developed and grown over time. I, I think that it does help me as a candidate and was part of maybe choosing to run is feeling like I do have a certain amount of context. Mm -hmm. I have been able to take the time to learn some of these issues that are they're complex, they're multi-layered, as you guys know. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, and so um, I'm hoping that that informs me, but it's also something that I can bring to the table mm -hmm. to you know, work with our community on. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, let's see, one of the things um, I was saying was that my goal in teaching history of Guam, but even the other classes, but especially history mm -hmm. of Guam, is not so that students come out with being able to say names, dates, and events. Yeah. Yes. Which, I mean, there's some of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want <laughs> people to graduate from my class and, and not, have everybody say, <laughs> yeah, have everybody say, well, it's what did you learn dates. in there? <laughs> right? Yes. But I don't want that to be, I don't want it to be wrote like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's all memorization and it's not the critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And so as much as possible, I want them to be able to think those these issues through or the yeah. issues through that we go through. And in all of that, it's about, again, getting back to that idea of being empowered. Mm -hmm. I want the students to leave being empowered, being able to see themselves in their own history because my master's thesis was looking at Guam history textbooks. And when you look yeah. at those earliest ones, mm -hmm. tomorrow's were, um, at sometimes they they were discussed the least, yes. mm -hmm. uh, or or locals were discussed the least. A lot of times, who were discussed more were the political leaders, the Spanish administration, the mm -hmm. American administration, mm -hmm. um, and things like that. And then you really didn't get a sense of who us community members yeah, were. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm a very ordinary community member. Mm -hmm. My parents were teachers, mm -hmm. and um, so when I learned history and when I taught history, I always wanted it to be at that level where yeah. it's like, who are we yeah. <laughs> and what was our path? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I want to impart to the students as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so I want them to walk away feeling empowered, like they can see themselves, they understand. And there isn't just one tomorrow and local perspective mm -hmm. to be able to understand some of the tomorrow and local perspectives, yes. but also to have enough knowledge or uh, so that it feels like they have tools mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to deal with what the media says mm -hmm. 
what um, others say, what they might hear from the outside, the, the very little presence that we get in U.S. history yeah. textbooks. They have some tools to deal with those things. Yes, yes. And I think that's something that's very important because um, at the start of, I guess, us being more active with independent Guahan and things like that, it really started with taking classes like Guam history with mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Viernes. Like, he, he also made sure that we saw ourselves in the history mm -hmm. um, and we learned about the counter canonical historiographies, and those were very, very important. But right. you also taught the, um, the Laddie course, right? right? And how did that begin? Um, well, you know, I mean, I did grow up here, and when I went through the University of Guam, um, I did take, I took both the anthropology and history because. Um, again, you know, history, especially when I was taking it, it was taught very traditionally. The textbooks were very traditional. Mm -hmm. And I wanted something more ethno history. And so I took my first anthropology class mm -hmm. and I was like, aha, this is it. <laughs> yeah. um, and putting together those two. So I actually graduated as a double major. Mm -hmm. But when I took those anthropology classes, like archaeology and so forth, mm -hmm. and I really appreciated learning about the Micronesian region, mm -hmm. about the Marianas, mm -hmm. and about the past from what ancestors left behind, um, along with the historical documents and, and mm -hmm. so forth, and the oral histories. Um, but I really noticed that al along with the archaeology, they talked about the theories of how Laddie were built. They talked about the theories of seafaring. They talked about the theories of other things, but people weren't going out there and testing it at yeah. that time. Mm -hmm. And so I always just had that desire. It was like, okay, well, let's, let's actually yeah. put it to the test. Mm -hmm. And so as a senior, I actually did a class. I tried to talk a couple people into it, but I was not successful. <laughs> but I, I created a class about replicating ancient Chamorro pottery. And so even then, uh -huh. I mean, even now, I would, I would still like to see somebody take that on yeah, and say, let's go out there and do some of the things that I did, but even more. Mm -hmm. um, try to find those clay sources. Try to find the temper that went with the clay. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really figure out how to replicate those potteries. As far as I know, nobody really has fully done that yet. Mm -hmm. um, maybe there are some people who've made some really good progress and have been successful, mm -hmm. uh, and I just don't know about them, but I'd like to see even more of us doing that. Oh, yeah. I think when people take those classes, they're connecting to the environment, they're connecting to the history, mm -hmm. but um, they're connecting to the culture as well, and it's just such a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah, so, you know, I'm my major is in psychology, and okay. um, I guess, like, one of my hopes is to really incorporate indigenous knowledge when it comes to, um, like, counseling or uh, therapy. So, mm -hmm. have you noticed any changes in people's well-being when they were taking your Laddie class and really getting back to the roots and learning how to build Laddie? That's a really good question, and and I really like it because it fits in with the way that I understand things in the studies that I've read mm -hmm. and the experiences I've had, and I do think that, you know, I've talked to students uh, before, during, and after taking that course, mm -hmm. and they really do walk away feeling more connected, a better sense of self, nice. yes. more self-pride, uh -huh. all of those positive things. Yeah. And. So those are things that I want to happen in the classroom, but those are part of when I talk about 
um, tackling community issues, mm -hmm. some of it is, when I say getting to the root of the problem, it's getting to those places where there may be those feelings of invalidation, mm -hmm. yeah. consciously, unconsciously, uh, on purpose or not on purpose, it happens. Mm -hmm. Like um, one of the things is in our U.S. history textbooks, they can be anywhere from, I don't know, 400 to 1,200 pages. Mm -hmm. And yet, at least my experience has been there are really only a couple of sentences in there about Guam. Yes. Mm -hmm. and so. People within education have been talking about having these these pilot programs, I think they're going on this year, where they want to change some of the way that we're teaching our children mm -hmm. to follow something more closely along the lines of what they're doing in the States. And that's like from the grades all the way up to the sixth grade, having them have a really strong sense and education in what is Guam, what is Guam history, what is our environment, what, mm -hmm. you know, who are we, yeah. all of those kind of issues, so that when they get to middle school and high school, they're building on that strong sense of self. Yeah. Uh, but right now, my understanding is, is that it's, it's largely not that way. We're just seeing ourselves as those two sentences in an 800, 1200-page book. Okay. And so then... Again, maybe not intentionally, but um, it can create those feelings of, well, we're just small and insignificant, yeah. or yes. it's the nation's more important and mm -hmm. our concerns are less, and so we always have to try to maybe make ours fit into some bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. But um, I really like the direction that we're going in with yeah. having that strong self, 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 self uh, sense of so self, self. Thank yeah. you. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> First. And those are the kind of things I, I want us to be able to do uh, in the legislature. I want to try to find ways mm -hmm. that we're empowering ourselves and we're having ourselves see mm -hmm. us not, not to be against anything else, but to just understand ourselves, have that strong sense, and mm -hmm. then build on it and network mm -hmm. from there. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I think that's, and I think that's what we appreciated about the, the you know the Laddie class. I think and uh, you know where where the Chamorros themselves could definitely be hands on, you know, in creating something that was a definitely a foundation, right, or a, a pillar of their understanding of their culture and their society, right. And it's, I think it's really like connecting, um, you know, and and a lot of times the history is is put in a way where you know ancient is. Ancient is ancient is ancient is dead, right? So ancient isn't present. Ancient cannot be present, right? Or may not be present, and um, you know. But for them to be able to, uh, you know, gain that knowledge, cultural knowledge, right? In in building their laddie or con constructing a, a laddie stone, mm -hmm. uh, traveling to Rhoda, right? I think I think yes. you take your class to Rhoda we, or. We've uh, gone Continue. to Rhoda, and then this last time we were fortunate, mm -hmm. we were able to also come back by way of Saipan and Tinian, and mm -hmm. so we we saw, so it was a little overwhelming, uh, <laughs> we saw so many Laddie sites, but yeah. in a way, I mean, that's that's a wonderful thing to have seen too many rather than too few. Yes, right? yes definitely. Yes. <laughs> so. and, our, and our idea of Laddie stones on Guam, it's a lot shorter in stature, right? And, oh, and then in know, Rhoda, it's like a lot. The variation that I, that I saw, I mean, I've seen a little bit and I've studied them over mm -hmm. the years, but to see more of that variation, uh -huh. mm -hmm. there is a laddie set near 
Gumataga. So in Tinian, mm-hmm. near the house of Taga, it's called, I think it's Tagocha. Uh, I might be misremembering mm-hmm. the name a bit. Oh, wait, Tagocha. Maybe it's Tagocha. <laughs> but I mean, it, it won't be hard to find. Yeah. But they were so beautifully constructed, mm-hmm. uh, quite sizable, mm-hmm. but the kind of geometric principles that made them so strong and so sturdy, very uh, trapezoidal mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were just absolutely beautiful, and I had never seen any carved quite that, like that. way. Wow. Yeah, and then wow. in Rota, you've seen them, um, there's a tendency for some of them to have this very sort of oval and short and wide. Mm-hmm. Um, shape to them so yeah for me i find it all incredibly interesting and it speaks so much Mm -hmm. to the engineering skills Mm -hmm. and the ability or desire to experiment yes Mm -hmm. like i think that's one of the challenges i I really try to convey and hopefully students pick up on it Mm -hmm. but that you know maybe there's that tendency to say oh something was ancient or traditional and view it as if it was one thing for 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. But obviously it was not. Hairstyles change, beautification change, teeth filing change. Yes. I mean, okay. there's so much change that you can see. And the laddie are a good example of yeah. that. They were around for maybe about 700 or so years, mm-hmm. um, the carving and the usage of them. And the variety is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like you were mentioning, um, some of the smaller ones, we've got ones as small as a foot and a half, Mm -hmm. all the way up to 16 feet and 18 feet or more is what they were attempting. I mean, the ones in Luta at Asnevis are just amazing. And I keep on trying to imagine, like to understand, (laughs) to comprehend, what kind of structure would it be? been on, on there, top of yeah, them, right? right? And how many trees and logs would they have had to put yeah. together to make it ha- be proportionate yeah. to those laddies? Right, the house is going to be so small, but the laddie still is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure they had it all figured out, mm-hmm. but uh, to try to re-envision that, I think, is yeah. such a, a wonderful exercise. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, so we have yeah. our first uh, round of questions and comments. Sweet. So. Uh, one of the questions is, um, given your knowledge of Guam's history um, and uh, now the, the incoming legislature, what are, what are some of the things that you think can be accomplished uh, with such a, a revolutionary um, group of uh, leaders um, compared to past legislatures? And also, um, uh, there's a comment from a, a, a listener, uh, a watcher in Texas. Um, he suggests that uh, there should be uh, Chamorro translators uh, at the legislature, similar to the United Nations. So yeah, you know, I see, um, I see that there could be a lot of positive things that come out by having a Chamorro translator. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, we are in a homeland, and so when I teach, but also there as a, a senator, I think we should all be remembering that it's a homeland first and then yes it's a very multi-ethnic multi um and, and diverse community let's mm-hmm. see multi-ethnic multicultural is the, yeah. the term i wanted <laughs> and very diverse community and yes. i really want us to live together as best as possible and each be lifting each other up but for it to be grounded in that it being a homeland so 
things like um, having a Chamorro translator so that we as leaders are part of the effort to keep the language alive, mm -hmm. to keep it being understood as a valid, it's just as official yeah. as English, yes. right? And so um, I, I think that, like I said, there's a lot of positive contributions to that. Mm -hmm. So. I, you know, it, it will be very interesting to see what we can accomplish. Mm -hmm. I mean, our hopes are high. Yes. We have some big goals. Um, I know that time runs by really quick and we won't be able to get to all of them, but we're, we're sitting down and prior prioritizing as we speak wow. about how to get some of those, um, those real high priorities out there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. So what other changes do you, are you, I guess, foreseeing right now with this new legislature, or could you say? Well, uh, you know, a lot of us, uh, I think, are going in there, we're really trying to do the right things by the community, mm -hmm. and so um, I'm, I'm really hopeful that th that's going to be what drives us, that yeah. we're going to be thinking about things um, and their merits, mm -hmm. and uh, serving the community and the community's needs. Right now we do have a fair amount of uh, people worrying about the government, maybe uh, losing some faith in the government mm -hmm. and, and so forth. So I think all of us leaders need to really keep that in mind, yeah. that we need to do what we can to build up that trust. I think that's so key. And we need to do that by exuding the right behavior mm -hmm. and making decisions for the right reasons. So yeah. I'm, I'm really hopeful that those are gonna be sort of guiding statements or philosophies for us. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think that'd be really great. Yeah, so any other questions? Um, well, here's one from again who's watching. Hi, in Okinawa. He says, uh, Westio, I would really like, given the fact that a minority of a minority of currently serving and recently elected senators can speak tomorrow, how can the legislature lead the way in terms of translating bills or official documents into tomorrow and other options? Again, that's that's really good that that's being brought up because um, we need to be thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. So I've um, I've thought about. I mean, I've taken tomorrow over the years. Um, mm -hmm. I've only ever developed a certain amount of ability, and I've always wanted to continue to improve it. So I've thought that one of my responsibilities about getting in there is getting back to it yeah. and <laughs> developing my tomorrow language skills again mm -hmm. um, so that it's continuing to grow. And part of that thinking as well, I hadn't quite thought about translating uh, the bills or making sure that they're written in tomorrow, but um, I think it's something we should look at seriously and see how we can make happen. Mm -hmm. um, maybe have it as a goal that uh, certain things need to be put into place. What do we need to do to get those things into place so that when things stabilize, when we have a few things down that need immediate attention, that we still have that as a goal that we're working towards, something along those lines. Wow, that's right. Well, and one of them, right, is as long as everything continues along its trajectory, mm -hmm. which um, all indicators are that it will, is looking at, you're perhaps aware that previous legislation mm -hmm. has specifically used the term magatlahi. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
And so I've asked for years in my class, perhaps because I'm female, <laughs> it occurred to me, but I've asked for years in my class, um, what will we do when we get our first female governor? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the understanding would be, it was a term used for governor, but we do know that it's gender specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, what are gonna be the approaches that we use to make sure that Magahaga mm-hmm. is in there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was thinking, but others have more experience with me, so we'll see how this mm-hmm. goes. What was done for Hagatnya being transitioned from Aganya to Hagatnya yes. is they came up with a bill that said everything that had previously been marked or named Aganya, except for Aganya Heights, because that's a whole different municipality, yeah. <laughs> Will now uh, will now have uh, this understood renaming as Hagatnya. Yeah. So maybe a bill that does something similar with Magatlahi will say, Maga-Haga. yeah, that every time Magatlahi is used, we will now automatically understand it or um, rewrite that portion of it that now opens it up to Magatlahi or Magahaga, like yeah. whatever the appropriate um, language would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be really great to yeah. incorporate the language. Another way of incorporating the language there yeah. too. Yeah, so um, any other questions? So oh, that's um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well some of the questions that I've gotten, now maybe you guys can help me out here okay. in thinking <laughs> it through, right? Okay. Is they said, okay, so Magatlahi and Magahaga were male and female members, perhaps brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. or that um, you know that uh, uh, way of thinking of each other as brothers and sisters within the same family, mm-hmm. um, and it was not spousal, it was not husband and mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. So somebody had asked me. They said, "Well, what do you think about should we be referring to the first husband, if you will, <laughs> uh, as Magetlahi? Yeah. Um, and is that a viable option? So, what do you guys think?" Wow, I think. What did they ever refer to uh, this, Mrs. This. Calvo? Did they ever refer to her as a Magetlahi? I think. I think over the years, maybe not often or not specifically, but I think over the years. People have talked about or lightly used Maga Haga for the spouses. Is that yeah. your recollection? Yeah, yeah, that is the case. Yeah. So, yeah, there would need to be. It would be an altering of, of perspectives on, on the, the 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 term Maga Haga and Maga Lahi, and I think mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, encouraging people, or I mean, like changing legislation, changing changing um. The language in Guam law to include uh, Mega Haga for a female leader, you know, would be transformative, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it may be, um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because maybe it makes it problematic to refer to the spouse That's because exactly. then you do have a Magalahi mm-hmm. and you do have a Magahaga depending upon who's in. And so then it's also listed in the legislation, oh. but that was meant to be for. The um, governor, so hmm, thinking, maybe, right? Think it through. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah, maybe just for it, so it remains like you know. Because there's a very special a, meaning to yeah, it. Definitely. Too. Yeah. And I mean, my understanding is then that fits within more the traditional mm-hmm. definitions, Much anyways. Really. I mean, it, certainly it doesn't 
stay within the same family and it's not transferred for, between brothers and sisters nowadays in, in those ways. But it, it does keep it away from our more modern situation of spouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we got yeah. some uh, suggestions rolling in. For oh, okay, people. cool. So, uh, suggestions you know, are always good. Out, right? <laughs> so, Maga Kabazeru, Maga Palawan. Maga Asagwa. This is what I say. Yep. There are always solutions, right? No matter oh. what the situation is. And I love creativity. Yes. Definitely. So um, I like those. Yes. yes. Those right? are really good suggestions. So uh, Senor says, Mega Asagua would just mean highest spouse, no gender. So there we that go. Could that, could that could be a very good, very, uh, very good. potential title. Yes. Mega Haga and Mega Asagua entered the room. Oh, yeah, Asagua. That's, that's it has a, a nice one. role to it as yeah. well, right? Asagua, a nice, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's really Quality a de- demeaning, yeah. Asagua to stay, right? Or, and then Mega Haga, right? Yeah. That would, I think that would be okay, pretty Okay, but you think settled, right? Settled. Yeah, settled. <laughs> We're going to pass, pass that today. <laughs> I definitely think this is the legislature to do it. Yeah. If, if there's going to be a transformation or yeah. a shift of that magnitude, I think this is the legislature the legislature to do it. So maybe one of the questions that I have is like, um, now that you're in you're in um, a political space, not so much um, the space of an organizer or a uh, community activist uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. So like, have you already begun um, talking with uh, your your colleagues in the, the 35th legislature about um, uh, like actions you may take or um, different. Um, um, strategies, tactics, uh, or um, any, yeah, anything moving forward? Well, since the election, we haven't gotten quite that far, but it's been a really good campaign trail. Mm-hmm. And I think with this campaign trail, we really spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And people have commented that they see different things out of us that they hadn't seen before. Wow. Like, for example, I did have some meetings with, you know, uh, people within the community and um, Clint and I are both interested in helping bring together members of the community. Mm-hmm. And so we attended some of those meetings together or we spoke about them together. And uh, when we did that, some people came up to us later and they're like, wow, we have never seen candidates that are willing to um, just publicly talk about working together um, and so forth, or help endorse each other, those sort of things. But we saw a fair amount of that this time around, and so I I think that says good things for our potential. Yes. Um, So we did some of it on the campaign trail because Mm -hmm. we were each doing a little bit of research and a little bit of reaching out Mm -hmm. to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of what we did together or some of what we talked uh, amongst each other as, as we were being asked questions, sometimes it was, and we'd be like, okay, well, how would you tackle that? And, and we would talk it through a little bit amongst ourselves. So I think those things were really wonderful experiences. And again, I think they, you know, my hope is that they are telling us mm-hmm. what we have to look forward to as well, that we'll be continuing some yes, of that. Yes. Yeah, so not so much after the campaign, I would think, um, it hasn't been my experience. We've talked a little bit, but we have a whole lot to get together and organize. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're kind of preparing in that way before we move to that next level, I would say. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we also have a comment, and they mentioned that they um, 
really they'd love to hear more about your focus and uh, your passion with respect to preserving and revitalizing culture. But so could you talk more about that and how it related to your platform as a senator? Well, definitely. Um, my PhD is in cultural heritage studies. So um, with the anthropology and the history and the Micronesian studies, mm -hmm. I mean, those all kind of set the stage. And then I had the opportunity to be part of our Historic Preservation Review Board for several years. And so that really led me in the direction of seeing the importance. It's, it's not the whole um, range of what cultural programs are, but it's, you know, it's a strong part of it, of understanding cultural sites, the environment, um, and, and how they're intertwined. And so I started leaning towards a PhD in cultural heritage studies. I wanted something a little different than what everybody else was doing yeah. so that I'm part of the diversity for our community. Yeah. And um, it's those sort of things, it's those experiences that I want to continue to build on in the legislature. Um, some of what people have been concerned about, uh, both before I started running and while I was running, they would come up to me and say, you know, in some of our municipalities, we're down to perhaps our last real publicly known and understood ancestral site. Wow. And we're really worried about it. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know that development's gonna happen and modernization is gonna happen, but as a community, um, and certainly the way that I think, I think there are a whole lot of us that really see your guys' generation mm -hmm. and say, okay, we have to make sure that there are certain things that are in place for your generation mm -hmm. and those that are even younger, children and grandchildren. And so the way that I've uh, taught and talked about it is that people of my generation, we should really look at ourselves as just the stewards and that it really belongs to you guys. Yeah. And we need to be planning and developing in that frame of mind, that it's really yours. And so if it's really yours, mm -hmm. um, to not think short term what might, mm -hmm. what might seem plausible for today, but to think about what is the best for you guys mm -hmm. 20, 40 years from now, yeah. when you guys are the directors and the senators and Stewards all of that. Yeah, you want to make sure or maybe not even that many years away yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for you guys. Yeah. So I think that's been really important. I mean, mm -hmm. really, really important. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, um, Senator uh, Jesse uh, Tukala. Jesse. He, um, he's asking if you can remind folks about the uh, the Pungin Minago Nosibona. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, right. It's it's almost Christmas time. I've heard Christmas music out. I've oh, heard yeah. all of that. We know it's coming. The Banyales that dog is, is true. <laughs> have a great. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Jesse. That's yes. on uh, November thirtieth, right? Yes. So yeah. it is on just November thirtieth. Yes, yes, just a couple weeks from now. It's at HSS Atrium, and it'll be from six p.m. to eight p.m. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently, there will be jars near the Belen where I'm not sure if he's serious about this, where patrons can donate monies to different areas of need. Oh, I guess that that is right. Yeah, so there will be. Um, Places uh, near the Glen, so be a little donation box where you guys can donate money for Northern Marianas and um, uh, things like that. So, Malik. Great. Oh, you know, um, 
I'm getting to see us on the laptop screen a little bit, and it makes me think, I wore this necklace very purposefully. Okay. So this necklace was made by Sinta Kaipat in the Northern Mariana Islands. And it was specifically one of several necklaces that were made and sold to uh, raise money for the Earth Justice lawsuit. And so it's a very important necklace to me and I wanted to wear it here as that, you know, visible reminder of of what needs to be driving us as we move forward. It's about protecting and defending Mm -hmm. um, as much as we can and and making sure that things are responsible. It's not about, again, you know, it's not about being against anything. Mm-hmm. It's just about holding something really yeah, dear. which is really important. And we also had this talk with um, our friend Mark, and he's from Palau, and how Palau is really kind of changing their framework to make sure that there's um, that longevity and that and there's actually yeah. um, there's an environment that they can have 10, 20 years from now, right, or 30 years from now. And I think we're really happy that you're in the legislature to make sure that... Uh, Guam is still here for us, yes. um, and our ocean is still here for us, and our coral is still here for us. You know, those are really, really important things that we yeah. really value. So, so you guys maybe know this mm-hmm. that I lived in Palau for four years, and wow. I worked there uh, along with the elders. So, a main part of my duties was to work with um, a fellow colleague, and then we would go out. It was mainly her, but we would go out and gather oral histories. But I feel like I learned so much. I absolutely loved living in Palau. I highly encourage everybody to get there. It's very interesting to me. It's so close, but the environment is unlike any other environment in Micronesia. To me, I see it as kind of this trifecta. It's got the Pacific environment, Indonesian environment and then the South Pacific, like some of the things that you see in Melanesia and um, Australia. It has saltwater crocodiles, it has dugong, it has cockatoo that migrates through. It's it's got this diversity. And so um, it's it's amazing for those reasons, but the environment and the culture are and the people, I mean, you know, okay, go on and on. They're all uh, wonderful and amazing as well and should be experienced. They're some of our closest neighbors. Chamorro language mm-hmm. has been, I think it still stands, that it's actually closely tied to Palauan, um, not so that you can necessarily understand each other uh, from one environment to the other, but um, when scientists have, and linguists have look at, looked at this, they've seen that of all of the families out there, We're that the those closest. two languages are wow, the closest. Wow. And maybe it's partly that uh, <clears throat> early arrival out to this area, mm-hmm. uh, that maybe people's arrived to, to the Marianas mm-hmm. and to Palau mm-hmm. at perhaps around the same period of time. Um, maybe Palau a little bit less, but there's still archeology span and other things that are happening there. So. Wow, yeah. awesome. See, we learn something new every day. We've learned so much about Laddie today. <laughs> we learned about language. That's really, really And we great. just want to also take this time to thank you for celebrating um, our fit, 50th episode uh, yeah. is today. So yeah, yeah, so, uh, and we have cupcakes. Yes. And, you know, uh, to celebrate uh, that as well with you. Um, so. Yeah, we, we're, I think we're, we're just really excited to see um, what 
changes to come, right? Uh, with our new uh, ladies nature. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yes. Right? It's it's all yes. over the Instagram. I, I, it's I all re- over. I reposted that right? photo. Oh my gosh! It's <laughs> just amazing. it's just so interesting, and I think um, yeah. it really. I think it really is going to, you know, speak volumes to the matrilineal aspect of our society, of the Chamorro culture, right? And yeah. um, that women, you know, really um, do play a vital role in, in decision making. And what better case than to be at, our, at the top of the government and be doing that as well and working together. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, did either of you see the video that Lasia Casil put out? Is it the, the Punta Fortna? Uh, is that? Uh, it was she, about the women saving the island. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I'm I thought that that was such a clever use yes, of right. the that oral narrative yes. that um, as a way to remind us of the importance of those things and that it can be the women, yes. right, that yes. are putting, putting their... Uh, their talents, skills, abilities, mm-hmm. whatever metaphor you want to use, um, together mm-hmm. to weave them together and save us in the way that we know needs yes. to be saved. Yes. I'm not yeah. sure that's grammatically. No. Great. Yes. That that was yes. I think we that's watched so that boring. together, and that was um, we really were amazed. Yeah, about how important that message was. Oh, we have uh, one more question? Yeah, I guess as a final question, um, our, our viewer from Texas is asking, um, do you still plan to teach at UOG um, after you are in office? Is that possible? <coughs> is, it, is it feasible? Uh, for me, I don't think it's feasible. I'm the type of person when I do something, I kind of throw myself all in. <laughs> so I've, I've had to think about that, and I will miss it. I love the interaction with students. I love mm-hmm. hearing student perspectives and the way that they think things through. Um, I think for us instructors, we actually, maybe we don't always say it, but we are actually learning from the students as well. Right, um, things that maybe they have as family history and family stories, mm-hmm. but also in the ways that they're thinking things through, and so I will definitely miss that, and certainly I will miss the Fatina Silati class. <laughs> I've, I've already talked with some of my former students, and we're like, well, we can still because we were invited by uh, Mr. Dave Calvo. I believe he's the director of. Um, Let's see, it's, it's something like a land management over there. I won't get the title exactly correct, but he had invited us to go and carve like a for real wow. large size Latin. Wow. And we were like, well, we can still do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I may not be teaching it, but we're hoping the invitation still stands. I'm yes. hoping that I can go out at least for a short period of time and be involved, help them organize it and uh-huh. get it in place and that we'll still be able to do that. And yes. then have the class uh, continue to be taught. Um, I'd been working with uh, Muñeca Dioro mm-hmm. to have her take over the class. Mm-hmm. Um, I had wanted that anyway. I, it always seemed to me that it would be something um, that fits within her interests and within her knowledge base mm-hmm. uh, and her passion. So hopefully that will continue to grow yes. as a possibility and maybe by next summer that'll be in place. Yes. Wow. We're really awesome. looking forward to learning more about that and maybe one day yes. taking the class too just 
just to go back. But yes, thank you so much, Dr. Kelly. It was so nice to have you here. Well, I enjoyed um, it very much. Thank you. And thanks, <laughs> thanks for you guys' input and, and to the viewer who made those suggestions yes. <laughs> as to what we might refer to the first husband as, right? I guess. Uh, it's good to, to think those kind of issues through and see what we come up with as a community. Yes. Maybe I should do some of this more often <laughs> as a legislator. Just like, you know how uh, presidents have like that fireside chat or whatever? <laughs> just have a, uh, what would be a good term? A podcast. Is there anything alliterative that goes with that? A podcast. Um, Session, anyways. I mean, that's not <laughs> that's not a little live, but we'll take the time to come up with something creative later. Yeah. But maybe to do something like that once a week, uh, once every couple of weeks, or once a month, kind of a thing, just yeah. to keep that interaction and get some real community input that way. I think we like that a lot. Yeah. Cool. So, I think that'd be really neat. We'll always be here, so yeah. <laughs> we're right. open to talking more. Yes. Right. So are we closing up our? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ms. Mossy. Yeah.